Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Super Media Bros Podcast is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Two unconventional Christmas movies, the same studio. And three co-hosts? What the fuck? When was the last time we did this? Beats me. Since I've gotten on, I don't think we've done this. Yeah, so this is going to be fucking interesting as shit. I guess we should just get into this. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Fucking A. Welcome to episode 256 of the Super Media Bros podcast, Santa Media Bros 2022. I'm Richie. And I'm sick. That's Devin. And he's sick. Very. We were talking about this last week. Uh, These movies uh, that we're going to be doing this week, it's Batman Returns versus Gremlins. And we could not do this, uh, just the two of us, because last year we kind of unofficially started a tradition of uh, my partner, Puck, coming along and doing like a cameo appearance, like I guess once every fucking Christmas. Uh, last year they sat with me and did uh, Bloodbeat versus uh, Deadly Games Dial Code Santa Claus, which was a fucking blast and a half. Go check that shit out. But because that started to be a thing, I couldn't do it without either of y'all because, first of all, I love both these movies, but I know the two of you have strong opinions for each one. So, Mm. Batman Returns, uh, Devin and I are going to talk about it, and then on the back half of this one, uh, Puck and I are going to talk about Gremlins. So, hey, what's up? Not much, just sitting here talking. Now you're you're sitting here talking. But you're not sitting, you're you're standing. Oh, fuck off, Devin. You've got the mic standing up, and you're just vibing. Me, personally, I'm sitting down. Puck over here, like Steven Tyler, all that's missing is the fucking, like, drape of uh, scarves and shit. From <laughs> oh, yeah. Just I'm know st- that I, I could stand up and offer you a seat. I just have not. I'm standing, but... Or you could just say I'm sitting with my feet. <laughs> you blew the poor son of a bitch's mind. Die. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> so, uh... They were originally going to leave this in my hands to vote between the two films because I would be like the third party here. But but I can tell you right now that I'm going to have a hard time picking between the two of these. So we have sent a poll out on our Twitter at Super Media Bros underscore. Uh, which of these two movies are your favorite unconventional Christmas film? There's obviously Batman Returns and Gremlins. So by the end of this son of a bitch, we're going to check and see in real time what the poll has like come to. First of all. That is a cop-out. Second of all, here's my question. Now, it's too late for the viewers, but whenever you say you're, which one's better, do you mean as a Christmas movie or as a movie altogether? I would just say, like, which is, I, the way I worded it was, which is your favorite unconventional Christmas movie? Okay. Because as a movie, comparatively speaking, it's, Almost two completely different genres altogether, but they're both so fucking good. Well, actually... And they're dark as shit. 
I was about to say, actually, they might have more in common than we think. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I mean, true. There's a lot of death in there. There's a lot of... It's physically dark. <laughs> there's there's, there's pointy, a lot of ears. There's a lot of pointy fucking ears. Yeah, yeah, there, there is that. Technically, there's a lot of fur, too. I don't know if I was supposed to laugh sometimes, but Penguin made me laugh my ass off. Oh, for sure. And and, and it's all dark, fucked up humor. Yeah, well, that's, the same with Gremlins. Well, to be fair, that's kind of what Danny DeVito's best at. Dude, he was so good in it. Can I offer you a penguin egg in these trying times? <laughs> so I see my flipper trick. So, fun fact, I actually saw the prosthetics they used for that movie in high school. Unreal, huh? It's fucking cool. Right? Because in high school, we did a marching band trip to Disney World. And we ate one of our meals at Planet Hollywood. And that was one of the things that they had to display in the Disney one. Sweet. What? Yeah, I saw, like, the hands and the nose. I'm just shocked because it's like, correct me if I'm wrong, that's always been Warner Brothers, yeah? Yeah. Then- yeah, but um, this was when they used to have that part of Disney that technically wasn't quote-unquote Disney. I'm, I'm assuming it's Planet Hollywood, right? Yeah, it was Planet Hollywood. Same fucking restaurant. I saw, like, some of the costumes from fucking Army of Darkness. Oh, you bitch. <laughs> My sister in Christ, I'm 26 years old. What are you talking about? Um, I saw those masks that they use for Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying I'm too young. I don't know what Planet Hollywood is. What is this? I'm Planet sorry Holly- that you're a fucking baby child there, Devin. Fuck you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Planet Hollywood was a, uh, like if you combine a Ripley's Believe It or Not with a, with a restaurant. Holy shit. Except it's all like movie shit. Like I yeah. saw some I saw some of the sets they used for Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'm sure you saw like uh the Terminator 2 shit and everything like what that. The like fuck. Because what would happen in Planet Hollywood is the actors would come in and give actual plaster molds of their shit for this. Like the Schwarzenegger from T2 was where he was all fucked up and like half uh endoskeleton and half his face was showing, but it was the plaster mold from the actual stuff from the fucking set. Why is this- I've seen that I saw one of the statues from the end of Hocus Pocus. Mm -hmm. They had that one like supported over a fucking staircase. Yeah, the shit went out of business though. Like that's why it's not around anymore. The shit went out of business. I'm mad as fuck. Oh, you should be mad as fuck. Listen to this. So uh, when Houston still had Astro World from Six Flags or whatever the fuck, I was young enough. And and I was at the time uh, when Batman Returns came out. Like I swear to God, everybody listening, we're, we're rolling into the front half of this one. So when Batman Returns had come out, there was a roller coaster slash like thing you could go through to get to the roller coaster that had everything from this film tied into it. Wow! So you could walk through the Penguins like sewer layer, and they had like pieces recreated from the sets and shit. And then they would have the live stunt show that you could watch after you've done the ride, you could go to it and they would do a show at 11, one o'clock, three 30. And I think like 6 PM. And it was all stunt coordinated with like actors. And it was the same show. But the difference was if you went during the six o'clock show where it was starting to like have sunset, you could see the pyro better. Oh yeah. It was fucking sick. I loved it. That's what I miss about Six Flags. Right. We used to have one in Ohio, and then they shut that shit down. Cause, yeah, because Ohio sucks. Well, why are you going to go to Six Flags when Cedar Point and Kings Island are right fucking there? They're not wrong. Ohio sucks. Roller coaster capitals of Ohio, baby. <laughs> We're living in Louisiana, and you say Ohio sucks. 
fair <laughs> the fuck enough, but... Should we get into uh, the front half of this son of a bitch? Yes. All right, so uh, Puck is going to actually leave the room. Well, fine. And Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Fine. All right, now that that bitch is gone, we can start talking about the movie. Damn. I swear to God. (sighs) God. Do you have a drink, dude? Yeah, you know what? Let's go get a drink before we start this shit. All right, let's shit. I need one. This is Beer in Front. Every week, I'll talk about a beer that maybe we've forgotten along the way while we get those check-ins and badges. Being the Chicago beer guy, I'll also talk about great craft beer in the city of Chicago. And remember, sometimes the beer in front of you is the best one yet. That's Beer in Front, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. All right, so now that we've got that fucking drink in our system, let's talk about Batman Returns, 1992, the second of both of the Tim Burton Batman films. In, In my opinion... Probably the better of the two, but I'm very biased. I like this one a lot more than 1989, and I love that one. Yeah, so I feel like 89, It, you know what this one is? This one is what a lot of people think of whenever they think of sequelitis, where it's everything that the first one was, but doubled down on, uh, particularly the Tim Burtonisms, which is why I slightly preferred as well it feels like the color palette was more um realized does that make sense the whole thing feels more realized sure and if you watch the behind the scenes makes sense because uh for the first one a lot of it was like you know they filmed in the streets and everything but it almost felt on location but in a smaller location true this one felt like it was more in depth because they did have miniatures and they had like it just felt like a larger scope. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong. I and this is usually the case with damn near any kind of movie like this. Uh, the budget was a little bigger, and not by much. Like the first one, I think had like a forty-eight million dollar budget. I believe so. Yes. And this one, this one had upwards of like eighty. That so there was like sense. a yeah. But the thing is, th- this one actually made less at the box office than the first one, which is why it was just like okay, uh, they moved towards the Schumacher direction. Well, I mean, look at how dark it was. I mean, hell, they lost a Happy Meal sponsorship. Yeah, let's talk about that. Like, uh, obviously, they wanted to double down, like you said, on shit. So they doubled down with the villain count. We have Michelle Pfeiffer playing Catwoman, Danny DeVito, in my opinion, playing a fucking just scenery-chewing penguin. Absolutely. Um, Which we should talk about the fact that uh, Tim Burton purposely did not keep very much of the original comic source material. Oh, no. He's even said that he's not a comic book fan. But... Uh, it strangely benefits this movie like any good adaptation should because uh i like the grotesque factor they went with mm-hmm. on cobblepot like they kept his name of course they kept uh the parent lineage of course they kept the uh, gadgets with the umbrellas and shit uh with catwoman they kind of kept uh some of the uh mannerisms but like this was more like let's let's make uh catwoman bondage catwoman like to the extreme i'm glad you brought that up Hot take. Okay. Okay. Michelle Pfeiffer was great in this role, not my Catwoman, because Catwoman is supposed to be more cunning and smart. Of course. While still being sexy. This one, 
She's I, fucking unhinged in this, I, dude. I'm sorry to all the female listeners out there. This bitch is a fucking whore. <laughs> you cannot watch this movie and say that she is not a fucking salute. I, actually, I can. I can. Okay. The movie did not necessarily portray her as such. The movie absolutely 100% portrayed this version of Selena Kyle as uh, a nerd. She's a fucking dork. And the, the thing is, is she's a smart dork. Look at the part where she figured out what the fuck Shrek's, uh, Max Shrek was doing with the power plant thing. Yeah. Look, and... The fact that she just is at the wrong place at the wrong time. She goes home after, uh, which, like, I know we're getting ahead in this film, but most of you, we assume, have seen this movie. Oh, yeah. So she goes, uh, and she's his assistant or whatever. So she goes back because she fucks up and forgets the Wayne file because he's meeting with Bruce Wayne to discuss this power plant shit. But the fact that she goes home and she's like, oh, honey, I'm home. Oh, I forgot I'm not married. She's, a ve she's very much this, like, s kind of self-aware dork. And she lives at home with her fucking cat. Her mom calls and leaves messages on her machine like, you're you're like wasting away in Gotham and you don't have a dude and you're just like, you know, in this little small fucking tiny apartment and like she even calls to leave herself a fucking message on the machine that like, hey, you probably more than likely forgot the Wayne file and she's flipped the fuck out about going back. And then they set it up also where she's getting um those old school like calls from the from the job that she works at about like products that are coming from Shrek's like corporation or whatever. And no, not the green swamp monster fucking Christopher Walken. OK, I fucking love that the guy they play that plays his son. Mm hmm. That's a Christopher Walken voice. Mm -hmm. I fucking died. Right, exactly. That's one of those things I didn't pick up as a kid because I was just like, oh, no, they're just related. But then as I got older and I understand Christopher Walken. Why it happened, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, that's fucking funny. Right. But, like, she gets that, and then there's a voice message on, like, her answering machine, you know, back in the day whenever you had a landline, and when you called somebody, you had a tape-recorded voice machine. Okay, so that's the thing. What's so a she, landline? Ex exactly. <laughs> so she fucking, she fucking. I'm not that young. Nah. But no, she gets a, a message where it was like, hey, Selena, about that Christmas getaway we were planning, I'm going alone, and my my doctor says that I need to uh, not have any appendages. And, and he fucking totally blows her off. Like, dudes blow her off constantly. Because, uh, like, she's like I said, she's kind of a dork and she's kind of like, eh, like this little, like, she's down on her luck all the fucking time. Uh, her boss treats her like fucking shit. You know, like, she's portrayed as like somebody who's actually pretty fucking smart, but they get like written off for being a, a quote unquote dumb blonde. Like, she plays that, like, they wrote her like the stereotype, but she's really not that fucking stereotype. Right. Selena she's Kyle was played very smart. Sure. I, I think what I was trying to say is. The Catwoman aspect. Sure. Like the cat. Okay. Yeah. The Catwoman aspect. But at the same time, the way that she is and like, okay. So when she figures out that file or whatever the fuck, uh, Max Shrek shoves her and pushes her out of a fucking window. Mm -hmm. Story's high. The only reason she lives is because she's had her fall broken like three or four times by these canopies that are hanging over like window heads. And she hits the fucking ground, comes to, and she snaps when she gets like this next like phone call from the Shrek company talking about. Like one whiff of this perfume and your boss will have you staying after work, you know, for like a nice candlelit dinner. And she fucking breaks mentally and just destroys the piss out of her fucking apartment. I'm talking like dumping her sewing kit out, taking her leather shit out and sewing this goddamn soup. Catwoman is 100% the person that Selena probably truly is without the hindrance of acceptance by everyday people. 
Which is almost poetic in a way because that's how Bruce Wayne feels about Batman. Exactly. And that's why that character dynamic works between the two of them as this film progresses. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, Danny DeVito is goddamn hilarious is is, uh, the penguin in this role who was dumped in the fucking uh, sewer. Um, and Puck pointed this out, which I think is actually very funny. It was almost like fucking Moses, how they fucking threw his ass in the water. And he's just like, it's like fucking floating away. They're like, what the fuck, dude? I'm waiting for the uh, next trivia fact, sir. Uh, okay. That I don't even know if there, there's probably going to be a shitload, but I think it's fucking funny that <laughs> when we get introduced to him, like full blown, other than like, he's in the basket 33 years earlier. Uh, he sets off this entire fucking circus gang at the announcement for like the Christmas shit that Max is like giving a speech for. And it's when Batman shows up with a new and improved fucking bat suit, which I am a fan of this bat suit. I am too. You missed the trivia though, sir. What? The father to Oswin? No, I didn't miss the, the fucking trivia. That's fucking Pee Wee Herman, dude. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Fucking Paul Rubin. No, dude. I was getting there. I was like, no, the, the okay. father fucking played by Paul Rubin. Okay, it I, I just, was waiting for it, but it, I never heard it. And I was like, did he miss that? No, oh, fuck no. I was pointing that shit out to Puck when we were watching it. Earlier. I was like, look who the fucking dad is. And they were like, wait, what? And I was like, it's fucking Pee Wee Herman. No fucking way. I was like, yes, fucking way. Uh-huh. My man sitting there with that fucking cigarette holder all fucking yeah. proper. I'd like to think that's how he looked in the fucking uh, auditorium where he got arrested. For oh my off. God. It, like the monocle, the fucking yeah. cigarette, the, the slick back hair. The- I'd like, <laughs> I'd also like to think that he was doing like, the fucking hand gestures over his face that Travis Bickle did. Oh my God. <laughs> like he's got one hand jerking his shit. And in the other one, he's just fucking doing the Travis Bickle. No, he turns around and he does the end of taxi driver. Whenever he fucking comes oh, no. and it's not blood dripping off his hand. He just holds oh, it to his head. No. <laughs> holds it to you. Shit. <laughs> God damn it, Paul. We're not seeing a single cloud in heaven. Nope. Any fucking way. Uh, No, when we get introduced to Danny DeVito proper as the penguin, it's hilarious because his interaction with Shrek. Shrek hauls ass when all this shit goes down. Batman shows up, beats the piss, saves the fucking day, whatever. He gets, like, kidnapped, essentially, by the penguin. And they kind of start talking. You know, because Max Shrek's like, well, what the fuck do you want with me? And the penguin's like, I fucking want out of here. I want to be able to fucking ascend. It's my goddamn time. And he starts blackmailing him because Max Shrek's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's, you know, just like, oh, let me show you. Here's like, here's some fucking toxic waste from your textile plant. And he's like, that could have come from anywhere. What about the paperwork and all this other shit? Oh, I would have seen to it that that was, uh, that was shredded. Fucking, he's like, oh, all right, all right. He fucking pulls out of his little fucking sack. It's all taped together. A little bit of tape and a lot of patience goes a long way. Oh, Max, what about Fred, your old partner? Oh, Fred, he's, uh. I think he's just on a extended vacation. Uh, he's good. Oh, really? He's good. He's good. Hey, Max, remember me? I'm Fred's hand. Like, basically, he's sitting there like, dude, everything you've ever fucking done, I know about, and I will blackmail you if you don't fucking help me. <laughs> so, of course, that's going to throw a fucking wrench in Max Shrek's plans. And it's funny, though, the, the delivery of all this is just fucking like comic gold. It is so bleak and dark, dude. I know. I think that's why we like it. Like I said, it, sequelitis in the sense that, like, the first one might have been a little more cohesive in a way, script-wise. Right. But everything about the scenery to this one and the performances, uh, Jack Nicholson 
was a phenomenal Joker. Yeah, nobody is ever going to be like everybody that has ever played the Joker. Nobody's going to play it like those people fucking played. Right. It's just that like I feel like this one had more going for it. It's just that the simplicity really made the first one feel elevated in a way. Yeah, for sure. Because we should mention that for most of you that don't know this, the penguin is portrayed in this movie as an actual deformed person who has the, uh, the overweight body, the limp from having a fucked up knee and, uh, fused, uh, middle ring and pinky fingers on each hand like flippers in the thumb and in and the thumb and index fingers are uh, free. So he's got an elongated nose and fucked up sharp teeth from assumably just deformed teeth growing like as a child and living off of fucking fish in the sewer. Yeah. I throw that in the sewer too. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like this, this fucking dude is uh, there's, there's a reason. And he's all, he was part of like a traveling fucking circus that took him in. That's what the fucking thing was. I like, know. I know, I was, but it's just, it's just funny. I, I got fucked up no, sense same. of humor. I was laughing about it too. Because, and here's the fucking greatest part about this, y'all. And I, I swear to God, it wasn't until I watched this uh, the last three times this week in preparation for this podcast, okay? Bruce Wayne is sitting in his fucking mansion watching this man on television come up through the fucking sewer after him and Shrek have plotted to save this baby. And he's fucking sitting there. And this is supposed to be a moment where you're sitting there getting a little emotional because uh, Bruce Wayne is sitting there like, oh my God, I hope he finds his parents because you're sitting there like, fuck, you lost your parents. He's looking for his. There's a good emotional connection to tie the villain and the hero. Not two minutes fucking later. He's sitting there. He's like, I hope he finds his parents. This motherfucker patrols in the Batmobile to the fucking city where Oswald is sitting in the fucking public records office looking for this shit, even though we know that's not what he's doing. He's looking for the firstborn children of Gotham so he can fuck all the parents over at him because he was fucked over. But that's beside the point. Bruce does not know this. To his knowledge, this man is looking for his fucking parents. Not two minutes after, he's like, I hope he finds his parents. He fucking rolls over. And Alfred's like, something troubling you, sir. I think he knows who his parents are. And I'm like, you fucking dick. You don't fucking know that. He's Batman. Leave him be. It, does, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's just the fucking the way they edited it. I, was just like, I know. Are you fucking kidding me? See, I'm laughing at the fact that he's in the circus because sure. I, Same. you know me. Uh, I go down these weird rabbit holes at random and I just become a sponge of information for no, just no reason. Like I, I once watched a documentary on the little troll dolls from the nineties. I, I don't know. I do these weird things, but I was recently studying PT Barnum and ask me how much he would troll people. Like he took like two albino twins and he, they were, they were black albino little midgets and he would sell them off as aliens. Oh my fucking God. And he would tell the two kids, he would tell them, your mom's dead. Even though they were sold. Uh, speaking of lying to the black people of the time, he would often sell black people weed and tell them it would turn them white. Uh, lest we forget about just any form of dwarf bearded lady, like all of the cliches, right? He really fucking did that shit. He really did that. Oh my God. What the fuck? So I'm picturing. That's so fucking racist, dude. Jesus oh, Christ. Dude. Well, you gotta. It, I know, but still. But fuck. also, also this is the same man that was 
he had slaves at one point, but then was an advocate to ban slavery. So I, I, I don't know if he had to change. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the deal with him was, but I'm listening to <laughs> fucking Penguin being in the circus. I'm like, oh, dude, P.T. Barnum would have had a fucking field oh day with this man. God, he would have exploited the piss out of that oh, poor bastard. Dude, can you imagine? Right. And you know what? But you know what's fucked up, though? Like when you come back to the whole um. When you come back to the whole fucking thing about like Batman rolling up there, I think he knows who his parents are and all this other shit. Like they eventually cut to the part where he meets Max Shrek to go over the power plant plot, which he's already like, no, I'm not fucking funding this. I'm not doing shit with it because I think you've you've aligned with Oswald, who I think is the leader of the Red Triangle gang. I can't prove it yet, but I'm not fucking doing it, which they did get right to an extent because in the comics, notoriously Penguin was just a, a fucking uh, gang leader or an arms dealer. And in, in most recent iterations was, um, a British arms dealer with a fucking Cogni accent and all this other shit. Yes. So they got some aspects of it right, but I like that they played it really grotesque, but they also made him sort of what he was, but just in its own way. I really like that for this version. Like, obviously, uh, with the Matt Reeves uh, rendition, sure. I'm glad that they made Penguin who he is in the comics, where, let's be honest... He would be sent to prison, not Arkham. You know, he's just a really fucked up, shady mob dealer. Sure. Whereas here... This penguin would have been fucking Arkham, dude. Oh, yeah. And for the novelty of seeing that version, like an unhinged, mutated fuck, I really enjoy that. Kind of like with Heath Ledger's Joker. You know, like... Oh, 100%. Like, Tim Burton... Looked at Penguin and was like, no, I want to make him a penguin. Christopher yep. Nolan looked at Joker and was like, bad of acid. No, I, I, it's war paint. Yeah, it's war paint. It's PTSD. It's all this shit. Yeah. Like, that's one thing they didn't they didn't say a lot about Ledger's Joker was like the uh, the scars. Like, oh, no, I've got these scars. Like, dude, that Joker uh, probably actually had combat PTSD. Like, swear to God, that's mm -hmm. probably what actually happened. Like, we could theorize about it all day. It's a different movie, but... Like, I know eventually we'll actually, because we, I do want to do this with you. Like, we, we've actually have planned before about covering the Nolan trilogy on this show. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, like, we will get to that, we promise. Uh, but for fuck's sake, this penguin is so just, it, it's everything darker that they probably could have gotten away with with Nicholson's Joker, but they're like, we've, we've got to have something a little more, like, disgusting to go with. Mm -hmm. So, let's... Speaking of like all the mayoral shit, let's get to the fact that they did use the classic penguin design on the cobble pot for mayor posters. Yes. Which I thought was fantastic. Oh, absolutely. The scene where he comes down with the fish and he has his entire campaign office <laughs> in the front, that entire section, I die laughing at every fucking time because penguin is not just penguin. He's dirty. Hasn't had sex. Probably penguin. I say hasn't had sex probably because he knows what it is for sure. But the fact that he like, first of all, the scene, where, like when he bites the guy on the nose, like the whole thing, like there's not a lot of reflective surfaces down in the sewer are there. And he's just like, Oh, I'm going to get this motherfucker. So he just kind of sinks him in and bites his fucking nose. It's okay. My nose could be gushing blood. <laughs> fucking bites him. And then fucking without missing a beat. Goddamn. Um, Christopher Walken. Let's make a mayor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking asshole, dude. And um, 
He's like, think about it. We get the mayor out of office. Oswald Cobblepot is there to fill the void. I'd like to fill her void. <laughs> <laughs> fucking grody, dude. Uh, fucking, he's like, I'm going to teach her my French flipper trick. <laughs> How fucking wild is it that we had a Joker in the first Batman and he wasn't the dark fucked up one? No shit, right? Like, fuck, dude. Like, that man was an angel, comparatively yeah. speaking. That man is like, I- I'm just going to. I'm just going to kill this man's parents and I'm just going to rob banks and just fucking kill people for the fun of it. And this, yeah, this guy is like, I'm going to fucking just molest every female I see and just make unwanted sexual advances. And I'm going to like steal kids from their fucking parents and just <laughs> Jesus. throw them into the sewer. Right, dude. Like, the f- oh, my fucking God. Like, it, it's not funny, but it, I think in context, it is very funny. The next time the mayoral shit happens. Cause he comes down on that little staircase with his top hat and those two chicks are right up front and they're like, Oh, we love it. Mayor Cobble or you know, they're calling him mayor at this point. Cause they think he's going to win. They're like, Oh, we love it. Oswald. Like all this other shit. And he's just like, here, have a button. And it's this <laughs> fucking huge button. And her, that, that girl's tits are like poked up and out. And he's just like putting it on her. And he's just like, let me just get that. Let me just get it on there. And he's just like squeezing. He's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Walks back up the stairs like, you fucking perv. Jesus Christ. He is so fucking unhinged. Dude, my man's was a menace to society. <laughs> fucking gotta it. stop this mad lad. Can somebody please get this man a sex doll? For God's sake. Oh, my fucking God. What does that even look like for him? I like to think he fucks penguin dolls. Like he goes to the Gotham City Zoo, gets a little plushy. Oh no! Brings new meaning to the word "stuffed penguin." But there's some key sequences here. Like we we do want to like get to a point where we can wrap this like segment of it up. But like we get to a few cool sequences in here uh, with the uh, the bat gadgetry and shit like that. Like there's some shit where he like there's a battering where he dials in. He's standing like probably, I don't know, maybe like 10 feet from like four people and he fucking dials them in and he throws it and it hits one, two, three, and then this dog fucking takes it. And like a subplot is to get Oswald into the office, they try to make it to where it looks like Batman is in cahoots with the current mayor and they straight up kill uh, the, I don't remember what they called her. Was she like the beauty queen, like the pageant queen or whatever the fuck? Yeah, it was a beauty queen. It was... um. Wasn't it like the ice queen or That's something? That's it, yeah. Yeah. Because Penguin uh, takes the Batarang and he fucking, oh, that poor girl, he, she was like, who are y'all? And he's like, we're talent scouts. And he fucking, he's telling her like he's going to make all of her dreams come true. And he's like, all right, now smile for the camera. And she's like, cheese. And he takes that Batarang and he just fucking through his face, dude, when he fucking hits her with it. I'm like, God, Jesus, fuck. Let's talk about a few of the instances where this Batman does not give a fuck. Namely, the second time that he meets a lot of the penguins dudes in the street again, where he grabs that big fucking stick of dynamite with the clock on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, he was he was killing folks in the first movie. It didn't matter, and I think it's funny how just nonchalant, don't give a fuck. I don't care if you get saved or not. You're in my fucking way. That this guy is because my god, he fucking punches this dude who looks like zombie from more uh, from um street fighter and i'm almost positive it's the same guy it's got to be fucking punch he's like come on hit me and he just looks at him looks down looks back at batman shit eating grin 
He had shoved the fucking dynamite in front of his pants, punches him, throws him down like a sewer drain, and he blows the fuck up. And he just walks off like, all right, whatever, bitch. Bruh. Really think about it. Keaton's Batman killed pretty frequently when we really start to break it down. Uh, Nolan's Batman killed a couple of times. He didn't outright, you know, stab or shoot anyone, but he allowed them to die. Yep. Oh, but Ben Affleck's Batman gets all the hate for Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't care. Like... I don't give it like a lot of people are very beholden to that or whatever. I, I don't fucking care. Yeah. I don't give a shit. You, you know how long I waited to actually have a very forwardly aggressive Batman whenever fucking Batfleck was a thing and it fucking happened. I was like, dude, that was everything I ever fucking wanted from a goddamn comic book iteration of Batman on screen. And I've said before that I still like, and I still think it holds up. I think the Batman with Pattinson is probably the best actual Batman movie. Well-rounded Batman film. Yeah. Affleck is still probably the greatest comic book iteration of that character come to the screen. Yes. This is how I, I would describe it. Affleck was the Frank Miller comic book Batman. Obviously. Sure. Pattinson gave me vibes of new 52 slash Arkham video games. Yep. And a little bit of year one thrown in there just for good measure. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. That was in there, too, for so, sure. Uh, and I, I don't know if I'm looking at this. It, like, this is how I would personally look at it. Like, probably what you just said, and I would look at Christian Bales as like, okay, if Batman was actually in our world, this mm-hmm. is what he would fucking do. Yeah. The Batman that we got from Tim Burton, this is the version of like, okay, if you had Batman, what would you do with him? This mm-hmm. doesn't have to be like stuck to any comic world. Take these characters and make your own backdrop. What would you do with these characters? And it fucking works. Yeah. Batman Returns to me is like superior to the first one only because of a lot of the shit that was fully realized. Like we're, we're still getting into like kind of the end of this or whatever, but it, it all culminates at this ball that uh, Max Shrek is holding. Uh, the people have turned on the penguin because he, he tried to fucking overtake Batman's Batmobile and he had this fucking like, you know those fucking old school like dollar store like nickel and quarter like kitty rides that we put outside of the fucking stores or whatever? Yeah. He's got a whole fucking Batmobile like that. And he tried to fucking like drive and he's talking shit to him the whole time and he's taking over and he's trying to hit people with the fucking car and well Batman eventually gets away but he's cussing him the whole time and Batman has been recording this shit so he takes all these recordings and he goes to the press conference where uh, Cobblepot's about to try to run for mayor and he plays it and ruins it and people just start pelting with fucking tomatoes and shit but this is really funny because he's just like um it's like why do people always bring eggs and tomatoes to to public speeches and he fucking opens fire (laughs) on the crowd and just retreats back to the sewer he's like i'm gonna fucking steal all your kids fuck you guys or whatever it all culminates when he's gonna strap rockets to all his penguins and just have them fire off bombs and explosives into the fucking city This really is like the weirdest fucking Batman movie. I'm telling you. And then at the time, like he's uh, right underneath, he's right underneath this fucking ballroom where Selena Kyle's ready to just shoot Max. He fucking shows up and he takes Max Shrek and uh, holds him captive. Batman just leaves and Catwoman just leaves because they can't find each other. Like they figure out who each other are. And Batman takes the bat jet, like the little bat ski or whatever the fuck to the sewers, which is a cool fucking vehicle concept. 
And he winds up just tracking the penguin who is up on his little duck ride up in Arctic World Zoo and they, they crash vehicles. And Batman is just like holding this detonator because Penguin's about to just slice him up with his fucking umbrella sword or whatever. And he looks at that detonator and he looks around and these penguins have shown back up <laughs> with all these rockets just ready to fire. And he's just like, my babies! <laughs> he fucking, like he doesn't want Batman to push the button. Like he obviously doesn't want him to. He knocks it out of his hand and he fucking picks it up and pushes it himself. He didn't want him to, but he wanted to put, and he's like, I want to push the shiny red button. It was really yeah. fucking childish, dude. But he fucked up. Uh, he winds up blowing up that entire area. Meanwhile, down in the sewer, Max Shrek has escaped and Catwoman finds him and they're kind of having their come to Jesus. Uh, Penguin gets punched by Batman a lot and then he falls into and this is uh, it's weird because it doesn't never it never really explains like how he dies and we'll get to it in a second but like whenever he falls in or whatever from really high up Batman like glides down uh, Max Shrek dies when Catwoman like gets her seven lives taken from her basically with like gunshots and all this other shit she kisses him with like a taser gun and fucking electrocutes him to death on this uh, this cooling system after Batman has ripped his mask off and you clearly see the black eye paint disappear before this. No, 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 no. It was uh, advanced projection technology oh. within his cow. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. okay. I guess we're going to go with that one then. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. It definitely wasn't Maybelline. So Catwoman um, presumably dies, which she doesn't or whatever. And Batman's just like, what the fuck? There's just chaos everywhere. Penguin just comes up out of the water, like, ble- like bleeding from the mouth, like green and black goo. It's so gross. Like he's internally bleeding and shit. Because what I didn't realize was when I was a kid, I thought, oh, he's dying because he's hot. <laughs> I thought he was dying because he was, he was hot and he was not being cooled. Even though he does say, like, you know, I'm burning up and I need a drink of ice cold water. Because he's like, I'm, he's, he tells Batman, he's like, I'll, basically he's like, I'll kill you in a second. Because he goes to pull an umbrella and he's like, oh, shit, I pulled a cute one. Because he, <laughs> he pulls the wrong one. Because Batman turns on and sees him. But really what had happened was I was reading into a lot of either theories and or like confirmations from a lot of the producers on this one. And you can see it happen when he falls into the water part of that area. He falls closer to that fucking concrete like slide off that's going in there. So there wasn't much water to break the fall. And it looked like he fell from like probably like two and a half stories in there. He fucking he 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 fucked his shit up. Like he's internally bleeding. Like he busted his insides up when he landed. I find it weird that they didn't like show that or something like that. Yeah, because for the longest time I was like, well, I thought for whatever reason that the water underneath him was toxic. So I thought maybe he got poisoned. Mm -hmm. But if that was the case, Max Shrek landed in that water and he didn't die from it. Okay. Uh, The penguins were swimming in that water. They, They didn't die from it. That water was getting sloshed everywhere. Nobody fucking died in it. So it couldn't have been poisoned. And the way he landed, that's the only thing that I can make sense of is he, he either had shrapnel from some of the explosions and he landed fucked up, but he just, he fucking landed on that concrete and fucked his shit up. But either way, he dies and gets fucking funeral marched by six emperor penguins like Paul Bearer style into the fucking water. And as much as we've laughed, and I, and I have to say this because it's fucking true, as much as we've laughed at the penguin, it is a little sad because he got legitimately thrown the fuck away by his parents who didn't want him. And he got pulled into like, it it was, it was so weird to think like legitimate, even though he was kind of a monster, ate that fucking cat and shit. Like he kind of was like, you know, whatever he got thrown away. And 
became something like he probably wouldn't have become if he just legitimately had some like care and like attention and shit. I don't think Penguin was inherently a bad person. He literally got thrown the fuck away and became something that he shouldn't have become. And I think that's kind of sad, you know, because, you know, he's he only knows what he was around growing up and shit. He only knew fucking abandonment and fucking sinister shit. And he fucking like died that way. It's so fucking like it's weird. I know I'm probably like giving like a really odd like take on this, but there are certain uh, certain aspects to his story that I felt bad for him for. but he made the choices himself to do all this shit. So he, he kind of got what he fucking, you know, came here for. <laughs> oh, and then uh, at the end, I thought it was really cool that uh, Batman winds up on Christmas day or Eve or whatever, uh, finds Selena's black cat in the alley and takes it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a dark and fucked up movie. <laughs> and there's so many dark and fucked up jokes I can make, but we can't do it on the air. We'll lose all the sponsorships. Yeah, no shit. But yeah, uh, that's that's Batman Returns. And like, I know like this full blown has Devin's vote. And it's not like Gremlins is a shitty movie because Gremlins no, is fan no. fucking fantastic. Dude, I love Gremlins. Yeah, for sure. But like, it's definitely going to be a difficult uh, pick or whatever. It's for me. I, I'll say it right here. It's a biased. I fucking sure. love Batman, period. Sure. I mean, and same, you know, so I mean, and I, and I love Batman, but I mean, I love Gremlins. I, I grew up on it. I grew up on both. I of grew these. up on both as well, but it's just that like Batman is like top, like two or three favorite entities in this world. Sure. For me. Right. So it's just like, yeah, I mean, dude, even a bad Batman, like I'm talking God awful Batman. I would prefer over sometimes good anything else so uh we're gonna take a break and when we come back it'll be uh me and puck hanging out and talking about gremlins and when we're done with that uh we'll get everybody back in here and we'll figure out this uh this fucking battle for uh, the christmas ages and uh we'll find a fucking winner you're listening to the super media bros podcast on the odd pods media network don't join the circus or hang out with penguins if you want to live apparently and don't listen to pt barnum Okay, yeah, no, definitely don't listen to that fucker. <laughs> it's a long ways from the Hugh Jackman version. Yeah. It's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or the friends in your pants, you can make this a season to be jolly about with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the Lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then you can add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have people thinking, huh, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack, and frankly, so should you. Look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com using our code SUPER for free shipping and 20% off. Manscaped's Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It's got everything needed to help you deck the halls from your face to your balls just in time for mistletoe season. The Platinum Package has every product from the best-selling performance package, plus the Ultra Premium Body Wash, the Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, and the Ultra Premium Deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy cane. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer are both designed to protect your delicate presence. Plus, they're both waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. There's also a 4000K LED light on it so that you can light the way just like Rudolph. And now that you've groomed your candy cane, it's time to make sure that you don't smell like a reindeer with the Platinum Package's shower products. 
All of Manscaped shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and it's made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good does not stop at the shower. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve all the stank problems all day long. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under the Christmas tree is guaranteed to put anybody in the holiday spirit. And for the perfect stocking stuffer, add the brand new Body Buffer. Yes, a Body Buffer. It's an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy, and it's a lot cleaner than that nasty old loofah. Jingle your balls and get 20% off plus free shipping with our code SUPER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com using our code SUPER. Get ready for the holidays and deck your balls. Hey, there's no better way to spread holiday cheer than by upgrading your style for all to hear. If you're not familiar with Vincero yet, they make exceptionally crafted and stylish watches at affordable prices. Other premium handcrafted watches just don't fit the everyday person's budget. You can finally own a high quality and lasting timepiece without going broke. So if you're looking for the perfect holiday gift to help elevate your style or someone you love, save 20% off plus free shipping site-wide with our exclusive link, www.vincerocollective.com super. That's V-I-N-C-E-R-O collective.com forward slash super. Now you may be asking yourself, who are Vincero? Well, Vincero Collective is a premium lifestyle brand based out of San Diego that also makes high quality and affordable sunglasses, jewelry, and much more. Trust us when we say the sunglasses are definitely out of this world. Shades on is not just a catchphrase for us. Vincero's goal is to help the everyday person accessorize their outfits with premium products at a price that makes total sense. Everything is designed in-house, sourced from their own materials, and they produce it in small batches. They're committed to doing things well or just not at all. For all the boss men and women out there, the watches are a must. They can elevate your look with a twist of the wrist. Made with surgical-grade stainless steel, durable silicone, and Italian marble straps, these sleek modern watches come with reliable automatic and Japanese quartz movements. Again, their sunglasses? Amazing. They come polarized with handcrafted frames and so many styles to choose from. They're also changing the luggage game. They just launched their commuter bag, which is a fantastic bag. I actually have this, and I will be using it for future travels. This is the ultimate travel bag specifically designed for somebody that likes to look good while traveling. And the product is made of 100% recycled nylon material, so it's very lightweight and you can support a sustainable cause. The thing I actually like the most is the pass-through strap. So you can actually like sit it on top of your suitcase hands-free. It's a traveling game changer. And if you're worried that somebody won't like this gift, it, it, it's not even a problem. Whether you need to return it or swap it, there is a five-year guarantee and a 365-day free return policy that's got you covered. So whether it's a gift for yourself or somebody in your life, add Venturo to the top of your wish list. Get 20% off plus free shipping site-wide with our exclusive link, www.vincerocollective.com super. Again, you can support our show and check these guys out at V-I-N-C-E-R-O collective.com forward slash super. Look good, feel good, and save big this holiday season with Vincero. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So let's get into Gremlins. Gremlins was probably the first horror movie I saw as a kid that didn't traumatize me. Weirdly enough, it didn't traumatize me, but I got creeped out. I loved the movie whenever I was little, but it still creeped me out a bit. It's funny because the VHS case scared me more than the movie did. Wait, which which case did you have? Because this movie has like a shit ton of posters and cover arts to it. Um, The one I had was that like big one that kind of looked like the like clamshell Disney cases. It was that white one that had Gizmo with like the gremlin shadow. Oh, so you had, yeah, okay. So you had like the, I think that might've been one of the theatrical posters. The like classic one, the one they use for everything now. Oh, that might be the more updated one. Cause the one that I grew up on was the one where it's supposed to be Billy holding like this white shoebox with Gizmo's arms, like sticking out of it or whatever. Say I've seen that poster. I think that's the, that's the theatrical release poster. I think that's the case that they used to use in like, the video stores and stuff. Yeah, whenever my family owned the video store that we had, that's because I remember when the uh, the second one came out. The second one came out, I think, the year after we opened the store, but we were still carrying older title posters to advertise that we had shit in the store. So, like, this Gremlins poster was one of the ones that we kept up on. I think we kept it on the broom closet door. Did it have, like full billy or was it just like his arms and it's box? just his arms it's a silhouette of a dude in a white t-shirt and just uh, arms and all dark and shit it was fucking yeah, cool it sounds so cool the second the um the like cover picture for the second one used to scare the shit out of me as a kid oh where he's in the executive desk with the cigar and shit i love yes. that it's fucking cool but it, it kind of made me think of um you know the old cartoon of um the Lorax, like the old cartoon Wansler at the end where it's just like his arm and like the executive chair with the cigar, yeah. with the cigar and stuff. Yeah. It made me think of that and that part kind of spooked me as a kid. So that that picture just scared me more. Right. <laughs> uh, this movie came out in June of 1984. Now, it's a Christmas film that came out in the middle of fucking summer in 1984. But... I've noticed they do that a lot with Christmas movies. Is it like that whole Christmas in July thing? I want to say yes, but if you think about it this way, most people are spending time at home on Christmas. So by the time in the 80s and back then, most films stayed in theaters longer than it took them to get to home video. Oh, that's right. Because until like, what was it? Like the late 80s, 90s was when you could get stuff for your house. Yeah, because the VHS boom was happening then. Like, the VHS boom was, like, a huge fucking thing then. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of direct-to-video stuff was happening. Like, that's when, like, horror was always getting, like, shelved, like, directly to VHS. Because it was cheaper to do it that way. You could, you could like, send to the video stores. Because people were blind-renting a lot of shit back then. That's true, because then you could just make a shit ton of money off of rental sales and stuff. Yeah, so the idea, I think, was Gremlins comes out, people may go see it and like it, and then by the time it hits home video, people can rent it for Christmas to watch. Yes. 
it's the gift that keeps on giving. It really is. <laughs> uh, weirdly, this was one of the films that helped lead to the PG-13 rating because uh, the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom had elements about it that was like, this is too harsh to be a PG rating, but it's not violent enough to be rated R. And that's kind of how this movie was. And originally the tone was a lot darker too. And it's already a dark fucking movie. Yeah. I was say, wasn't Poltergeist part of the reason that they decided PG 13? Wasn't it 16 candles that finally made them decide to do that though? I don't know, but I'm, I'm pretty positive. The very first movie to get this rating was uh red Dawn. I don't know if I've seen that one. That's a pretty fucking good movie. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that was the first movie to get the PG-13 rating. Now I'm curious. Now I gotta see. Well, while you're doing that, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the movie. So uh, the plot of it is that this inventor, Randy Peltzer, is visiting Chinatown, which I'm assuming... I'm not sure if they actually say where the town of Kingston Falls is, but like that's the town that he's from. But he's visiting uh, Chinatown, which is an area that exists uh, throughout probably anywhere. Like they'll call it that. Like there's a Chinatown, I'm sure, in Los Angeles. There's a Chinatown in New York City, which this one is supposed to be what? New York City? Yeah, it's supposed to be in New York. Yeah, And, he, and uh, Randy is visiting this antique store trying to find a Christmas present for his son where he finds this creature called Mogwai. And the owner is very reluctant to sell it to him because he does not believe that like us like as a whole, as a Western society, as he does say later on in the movie, like we don't know how the fuck to treat anything like beautiful that this earth gives us and shit. We don't. We suck. Yeah, we really do. And I looked it up. It was Red Dawn. Red Dawn was the first one. Go me. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Look at me. I know things about movies. I don't pretend to know everything, <laughs> but I know some things. A lot of things. Okay, I know a lot of things. But yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's reluctant to give this creature to him or sell this creature to him. And Randy, being the you know brain and inventor that he is, he just doesn't give a shit. He just wants to get like this creature like he's he's like i have to have it he's trying to fucking like give him his inventions he's giving they're trying to give him all this fucking money and he's just like no it's not for sale bad case of dragon breath bad breath <laughs> <laughs> that always made me laugh when he was trying to sell him the bathroom buddy you're oh yeah you got a bad case of dragon breath bad breath and then toothpaste the fucking <laughs> the fucking racial undertones that are in this goddamn movie though I jesus know. christ like that right there alone i was like oh he like really chose dragon breath to speak to an asian man in a fucking market i'm just gonna say it was like the early half of the 1980s and i don't know if like like you were saying i don't remember if they ever like say even like what state they're in i get such heavy midwest small town vibes right why do you keep bringing me on these ones from the midwest <laughs> i don't know i just need your expertise <laughs> on them i guess let's bring the midwestern bitch on here to talk about the midwest i just looked it up kingston falls is supposed to be in pennsylvania close enough that's like the edge of the northeast right <laughs> But I mean, still, like the town itself is so fucking tiny, which we should we should go ahead and just like get out of the way that the uh, the guy, Mr. Wing, his son, like 
back, like no bullshit, like fucking back alley sells this goddamn mogwai to, to Brandy, like a fucking like bag of cocaine or some shit. Yo, dude, I heard you want this little creature. Meet me behind the store in like 20 minutes. It's so <laughs> fucked up. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, but I think what it was is the fact that the kid, the kid did it because like, his grandson, it was his grand, uh, his yes. grandson. He fucking would not be, he wasn't making enough money to pay the building rent. He was like, my, my grandpa's crazy and we need the money here. Take this fucking thing. How fucking rude. <laughs> I feel like he should have thrown in a couple of the bathroom buddies for free. Right. Sweeten the deal. So the movie uh, gives you the three important rules about these little bastards. So you're not supposed to expose them to light, like sunlight, because it'll kill them. So I guess they're just nocturnal little bastards. No bright lights and sunlight will kill them. Yeah. Uh, don't let it come into contact with water and don't feed it after midnight, which uh, the trope has been done to death about the after midnight thing, because as we all know, everybody has talked about different time zones and different, like when does the, the time frame of after midnight really end? Because really and truly, it's always after midnight. I always took it just as like dark, like they can eat in the daytime. I always think after midnight is, oh, it's dark. Like demon time. Like what if they couldn't eat from like midnight to like five in the morning? You can't eat early morning. It's the witching hour. Ooh. (laughs) It's just weird. Like it's a cool concept, but I never questioned it until well into my adulthood where I was like, wait, what, wait, what the fuck? Why is this? Why? See, and I never, I never questioned it because that's always kind of been my thought process of, Oh, well, you're technically supposed to be asleep at the nighttime, so that makes sense. Don't eat at the nighttime. I guess. Little me just kind of made up something that made sense, and I've always stuck with it. Here I am, 31 years old, and I'm like, little me was on something, yeah. It's crazy the way that it makes sense as far as like the, the, the rules and shit, though, because as the movie progresses, uh, Randy goes home with the Mogwai that he is named Gizmo, and he gives it to his son, Billy, who works in the local bank. And there's a lot of subplot here with um, this really aggressive customer that always harasses uh, Billy at the bank. and Oh, fucking Mrs. Dougal. Yeah, Mrs. Douchel. Yeah, what a fucking a Deagle, Dougal, Deagle, whatever the fuck her name, which is, I think I it's think fucking. It's Deagle. Yeah. And uh, she's such a cunt. Yeah, yeah, she really fucking is, dude. Like, I, I kind of wish his dog would have gone through uh, for a throat. She makes me think of. Every one of the worst Karens I've ever experienced in all my years of retail work. Don't fuck with me, Deagle, or you're going to get the beagle. (laughs) This is why retail management should let employees fist fight one customer. (laughs) She is that reason. I'm dead fucking serious. What if that was like, what if that was a contract for every employee? Like you get one fist fight every six months. You get one customer fist fight every six months and you don't get in trouble for it. Like if you lose, you get fired. Like that's the only deal. Like if you lose the fight, you get fired. I don't think I should get fired. If I lose, I'm an angry person, but I suck at fighting. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess there could be like some rules for those. Like you get to keep your job if you win, but if you lose, like you'll get fired, but they'll deny that you even fought back so you can sue the customer. <laughs> it's like a total win-win. You lose out on the next raise if you lose your fist fight. Um, yeah, if that would have existed, 
that bitch from Thanksgiving 2020. Oh. If this were to exist, Billy would have won and become head of the bank. Yes. I'm stepping down as the head of the bank. <laughs> I'm stepping down as the clerk of the bank, and I will now become the head of, of the, the bank. bank. <laughs> and he had, like, such a cool little setup, and Barney's the goodest boy. He's just here, sit under the counter, and we're going to put this little, like, curtain up, and nobody will know as long as you don't come out and don't bark. And you get to sleep all fucking day. Truly a dream job. Right? So. Billy goes home and he's hanging out with Gizmo and his friend Pete comes over, who is played by uh, none other than Corey Feldman, who is like the child of every 80s movie that has ever existed. Yes. And he just kind of causes chaos because he uh, accidentally spills like this paint water or whatever onto Gizmo. Yeah, because he's messing with them and just knocks over Billy's like paint cup while he's drawing. Poor, poor Gizmo. I know, and he has an he has a severe bacne outbreak, and fucking like spawns. It's <laughs> <laughs> so gross. He uh, spews out all these fur balls, and it's more of Mogwai. And that part always freaked me out. Uh, it just, sure did. But it also, I think, part of it was just like they made it look like Gizmo was in like actual pain. You're That's like, because oh, he no. is. I'm talking about like. The, like, puppet. Oh. They did such a good job with, like, the animatronics in it for, like, 1984. He looks like he's in pain. That poor little baby. I know. And fun fact, uh, the gizmo animatronic would break down a fuckload on set, apparently. Apparently, he was this, like... Uh, he was so intricate because he was so small compared to the rest of the gremlin creatures. And he had so much more wiring and operating and... Like, broke down to the point of one day it shut production down for, like, eight fucking hours, and the whole crew, most of the crew fell asleep during it. Like, I they were trying to repair it. If you're not needed, fuck, I'd be taking a nap, too. But, yeah, because when they would do scenes with Billy holding him, they had to put the wiring for Gizmo in his clothes. That had to have been so uncomfortable. Yeah, I. Uh. and then, like, if they wanted to do, like, part of him, they would just, like, stick him in a basket or a backpack or let him hold him or some shit. Yeah, they did that so they didn't have to fight with trying to make him look like he was walking because they couldn't make him walk. Yeah, because there were different sizes of him. They actually had like a true to life size version of him. And then they had the oversized versions of him for real close up shots and everything. And like giant versions of pencils and shit. So it looked like he was tiny. I want the big gizmo so bad. I want him to hang out. I want a gremlin so bad. No, I want a gizmo. I don't want the fucking gremlin. Just give me gizmo. Give me the little mogwai. I don't want the big fucking green slimy gremlins that tear shit up i want one you want it to tear the house up it's gonna eat the cat he will not eat the cat loki will kick his ass i hope so he, he'll fight back probably he beat the crap out of me he'll <laughs> fight back so there's a leader named stripe and it's kind of obvious because it's got the uh markings it's got his little mohawk and shit and he's the coolest thing ever yeah, but it's strange because it's like everything that makes Gizmo Gizmo, it's almost like his personality was like split like five different ways. Like all these parts of his personality became their own Mogwai. I mean, to an extent, but you can tell that they're all more like the other ones are more kind of like striped. They're, they're fucking unhinged as shit, dude. 
they're little assholes. Like, I love them, but they're little dick bags. <laughs> like that one that hawks a fucking loogie at him while he's just, <laughs> he's just chilling out, playing his little trumpet, sitting under the Christmas tree. And he's just, <laughs> and he's just like, he fucking looks down like, oh, you spit on me. Looks at him like, the fuck? Which made me laugh even harder, like, as an adult when I see that, because... Howie Mandel's Gizmo's voice. <laughs> and he's and such a germaphobe, he dude. He is. Noted germaphobe, Howie Mandel. He probably looks at you like that if you spit in his direction anyway. Please don't do that. He probably, like, because the movie was finished before he came on to do the voice or whatever. So when that scene came up, he probably was like, <laughs> probably fucking gagged in the vocal booth. Oh, God. <laughs> He probably dry heaved so bad. Because <laughs> what it, what's it called? ADR, right? Yes. So do you watch it while you're doing the voice? Yeah, you're watching it while you're doing oh, it. Did you have to no. match to the fucking... Yeah, he probably oh, saw no. that. He just heard... <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there prepping just... <laughs> Can you imagine hearing him dry heave doing his Bobby voice? <laughs> 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 I didn't realize that I knew that voice before I'd ever seen Gremlins as a kid because I used to watch that Bobby's World cartoon. Oh, now it's Gizmo's World. So it's always Gizmo's World. Fucking You're right. just living in it. That's it. <laughs> so Billy winds up taking one of the Mogwai to go to his uh, science teacher from elementary school, uh, Mr. Hansen. And he keeps him for experiments and they fucking drop more water and they spawn another set of fucking mogwai. And it's just like, God damn dude. So like you figure out that the water multiplies these little fuckers, but then when you feed them as mogwai, that's what makes them like grow in like cocoon and turn into like the fucking slimy bastards, like the gremlins because they, they, they trick Billy because they, they sever or they cut like the, uh, the alarm clock cord and he feeds them this like, big fucking plate of fried chicken and i'm just like dude fuck cold chicken is so good if you say so i don't i i can't do it it's pretty fucking good like the flavor sets in and they just fucking mowed through it it. like it wasn't shit it just made me laugh that of all the things that you see in that fridge he's just like that's it fried chicken we're gonna feed him a plate of chicken legs he probably just didn't feel like cooking anything i mean fair but there was other like food food in there that was done but it what always kind of grosses me out is like when you're watching the other mogwai eat it, like the way that they made the chicken look while they're eating it. Like it, mixed with the fucking like saliva and shit. It's so fucking nasty. Howie Mandel back in the vocal booth. Get, oh! <laughs> and they're like, oh man, those are good chewing sounds. He's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no. Oh. He looks like that. Um, that gif of the water the waterfall that looks like the face the baby oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so they eat the shit out of this chicken and the next day billy's mom lynn happens onto the cocoons and they fucking hatch and she's trying to make dinner and she's making christmas cookies yeah and they're just bread mans they they torture gizmo and fuck with her so bad that entire kitchen sequence is fantastic. That is like the perfect mixture of of humor and horror. Always, <laughs> like completely. I always like um 
the part of like when the scene starts when she's when she first finds him and she's playing that um Christmas record and then it starts skipping. Yeah. And then she gets into the kitchen and sees that first one just gnawing the fucking head off the gingerbread man and he's <laughs> he's just fucking covered in icing and he lifts his ear up because he kind of hears her and turns around and just fucking growls and goes back to eating the fucking gingerbread man. <laughs> it's like you're disturbing my fucking peace. I'm trying to nosh on this fucking gingerbread cookie. It's a good. It's really good, you bitch. <laughs> like he's just so pissed. You're off. gonna have to give me the recipe, but fuck you. <laughs> Just imagine walking into your kitchen, though. Like, I don't know what she would be more. I don't know what she's more horrified at. If she's horrified that these little reptilian bastards are eating the shit out of everything in sight, or she's just like, man, y'all fucked up my kitchen. The fact that, oh, no, all of my gingerbread cookies have been eaten or, oh, my God, this fucking mess or, oh, my God, what are these things? Ah, like, obviously, it's a combination of. All three of those things, mostly her being afraid, but just, just picture it like the fucking 80s housewife just comes into the kitchen after doing all this hard work, baking and all this other shit. The kitchen is just wrecked and it's just fucking ruined. The cookies have been eaten. All that hard work is down the drain. She fucking goes like John Rambo on these little sons of bitches. It's kind of funny. Like she's afraid, but she's a tough bitch. And the fact that they were going to actually kill her in the original script and they fucking, I think they shot some of it. They were going to be fucking brutal with it. They were straight up going to have them decapitate her and then her head just roll. Wasn't it like they were going to have them roll down the stairs with it? Yes. Like the world's worst basketball. Yeah. And they were going to kill the dog. They originally had the dog was going to be eaten. They they thankfully just strung him up by Christmas lights in the cold, which is shitty enough, but they didn't fucking kill him. I'm not going to lie. Like. I am so much more of a cat person than a dog person, but I would have been very upset if that dog would have died because I like him. Yeah, I'm not I'm not necessarily a fan of animal deaths in movies. Like I, I'm trying to remember what I was watching the other day where I was playing a video game the other day and they fucking like they blew up and shot this fucking horse in the head and I was just like, Really? Y'all had to fucking do that? Fuck. That is why I use that does the dog die thing, cause you can look up different things you need to know like for triggers and stuff yeah and there's apparently also a website that tells you about jump scares and horror movies too i think that one might actually have like a tab for that because you can search like oh is there syringes in there is there gonna be a dead animal am i gonna watch an animal die right on hell yeah but anyway she wrecks ass like she puts one of these fuckers in like the microwave and like she fucking what is it she blends one or she, some shit she's got like this mixing bowl blender fucking salad whatever. tosser <laughs> who knows the dad invented it who knows what the fuck all it does he's like i invented the salad tosser so i don't have to toss my wife's salad anymore well even if it doesn't work for that it's an effective gremlin killer can we talk about his inventions real fast they're so smart but so bad like the toothbrush one like the whole fucking one where he's like you want to like you're on a trip or something and you don't want to pack all this shit what was it like buddy that sprays the toothpaste the the there was like travel buddy that sprayed out shaving cream all over yeah it had like the straight razor for shaving it had the toothbrush it had the toothpaste the shaving cream like a comb the floss like everything it was just this big fucking hulking 
chunk of block. It was like the fucking bathroom Swiss army knife or some shit. I mean, to be fair, that probably was like cutting edge technology in the 1980s. And that would have legit revolutionized traveling. You know, considering you could have brought shit like that on an airplane in 1984. Right. And then the uh, the juicer that he had, the egg cracker. That egg cracker was cool, though. A little chicken on it. Yeah. And it made like a clucking noise. Like the only invention that actually went and worked was the fucking. And I want to say it worked was the smokeless ashtray. And that's even fucking smart. See, this man was onto something. He just wasn't good at execution. <laughs> he's like the he's definitely the idea guy. He just needed a good like partner in this that could fucking he, see these through. He needs somebody a little better at engineering than him. And boom. If it was like nowadays, he could have sold that fucking stuff to Shark Tank. What if this movie was like a weird metaphor for all of his inventions? Because he's always like, like the, the whole idea of gremlins came from like, oh, well, these gremlins are obviously not letting this thing work because they're fucking it up. Like there's gremlins under the fucking uh, st- uh, under the uh, engine of your car. That's why it won't start. Gremlins have fucked up the cable. That's why it's not working right. What if uh, oh. the gremlins are like the reason his inventions fucking suck? Not literally, but that's like another little small metaphor. His inventions blow ass oh. and they don't fucking work. I never thought of that. I don't know. I just, just something I literally just thought about. That's kind of that's kind of smart. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Thanks. Like that that makes you could use that like boom metaphor. Right. But anyway, so like all this chaos happens, and there's a shitload of people that. Like, not a lot of people get on screen fucking killed, but most people get really hurt, like, and injured and shit. Like, especially that fucking, um... Fucking Mrs. Deagle. Yeah, they, they, which I laugh my fucking dick off of that. Like, they straight up, like, Stripe jumps into the fucking swimming pool, and he spawns, like, this entire fucking, like, town worth of these bastards. Yeah, he breaks into the fucking YMCA. Right? And some of the funniest shit in this movie happens because of this. Honestly, like even the deaths are a little funny. Like Mrs. Deagle gets launched from a chairlift up the stairs out the fucking window. And it's just the best thing ever. The only thing that made me feel bad about all that wasn't even her. It was the fact that if I remember right, didn't she have cats? I think so. Yeah, she had cats and I felt bad for the cats because now they're all alone on Christmas. Uh, I'm sure somebody will find them. I they, hope the gremlins didn't eat them. Probably not. But yeah, it's fucking funny because she just yeah. flies <laughs> through the window and you just watch her. Pew. Funny is the fucking cops just sit there and just like, uh, they yeah. just roll the fucking window up and they don't do anything about it, which I mean, they kind of got that right. Too. Say, to be fair, literally no one in that town fucking likes Mrs. Deagle. I mean, look at that um, wife and her kids at the beginning oh my God. when they're like, Please, can can you let us have an extension on paying that loan back? You know, it's Christmas and we're trying, we're still trying to find jobs. And she's like, oh, well, isn't that sad? Ew, gross, poor people. Yeah, fuck that bitch. It's pretty fucking funny, though. They, they killed the shit out of her hand. The, all you see is her two little feet sticking out the snow. Right. Like the fucking witch she is. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the scene where they go to the bar. You mean one of the best scenes in the movie? It, that and <laughs> that in the movie theater scenes are probably the greatest in the fucking film. Like the movie theater Absolutely. happens after the fact, but 
you know, uh, they they showed uh, some stuff where the the fucking bar sequence was filmed after principal photography had mostly wrapped, and this was a two and a half month shoot. Like just the bar sequence with all the gags they did with all the different types of yeah, because they had like a list that they had going. They had like a running list of if you want to do a gag in this scene, write it down, and we'll just keep filming till we run out of jokes. Yep, or film even because they had all kind of <laughs> shit. Like there was like this Humphrey Bogart looking uh, gremlin, the, the fucking f- fucking Flash dancer one. Yeah, speaking of that, the Flasher one. That's your favorite, which I think is fucking funny. I love the flashing gremlin. He just. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to own. A giant version of that one day. I'm going to own that like puppet replica. <laughs> that's that's my goal in life to own at least one of those puppet replicas. Right. I don't know where I'm going to put it, but I'm going to put him somewhere. I'll find it. I'll put it somewhere. Absolutely. But uh, Kate eventually escapes like the bar area when she figures out she can like take uh, Polaroids of them and the flash hurts yeah. them and shit. But dude, there's so many of them that just get fucked up in this chaos. Like they're act- like at one point, one of them shoots this one plant like they're playing poker and they and he yeah. cheats at it. And this one just fucking shoots it point blank. And then the one sitting beside the one that shoots him and it's wearing like fucking jewels and like a fur hat. <laughs> yes. I think I think it stole Mrs. Deagle's jewelry. Oh my god, I didn't think about that, but it would be fucking hilarious. It's like, hey, I'm going out in style. Like, it's wearing lipstick and everything. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Phoebe Kate's, uh, Kate, she's fucking like pouring drinks at the fucking bar and lighting cigarettes for him and shit, because there's a bunch of them sitting there just fucking chain smoking. The dude. one's got like six fucking cigarettes in its mouth, just, <laughs> just fucking getting insta cancer right there at the fucking bar. Makes me wonder if they can get cancer. They, I'm pretty sure they can fucking die because the one they were talking about how the one literally at the bar had, was drinking himself to death. Like the one sitting at the bar was oh, drinking and drinking and fucking the died. One that fucking falls over. Yeah, he's his liver <laughs> fucking gave out. Dude, he fucking died. I don't know why I'm laughing at that, but. It's funny. It is. It's only funny because it's a gremlin. Like, the, like <laughs> no, it's funny because it's a gremlin. Like, the, the literal, like, the gremlins literally have the mindset, I'm, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. I don't blame them. Me <laughs> too. Know, like, <laughs> me too, bitch. Me too. So. That one hanging Swinging off the, at the fan? Yes. Yeah, because she turns the fan on high and it winds up swinging <laughs> it into one of the fucking. Uh, the- Launches it into one of the neon signs. <laughs> yes. And it fucking dies there. Fucking. El- gets fried by neon yeah apparently like uh there's there were over like 150 something gremlin deaths in this movie like there's like hu- there's hundreds yes. of these fuckers that get spawned and more of them die than anybody <laughs> but <laughs> there's a point in the film where um well several points in the film where kate talks about um how christmas is just not good for her and like she hates christmas and all this other shit and then she finally tells gizmo and billy when they find her and, and rescue her she feels so bad for her. Like, it's so fucked up. Her dad slipped in the chimney when she was a kid and fucking broke his neck and no one found him for weeks. I think it was like just the fact that, oh, it was getting cold and we decided to light the fireplace and there was this god awful smell and then they found him. Surprise, it's my dad. Because he dressed up as Santa Claus trying to sneak down the chimney and surprise her. And yeah, it just, yeah. Just the fact she ends it. And that's when I found out there's no such thing as Santa Claus. Right? It's kind of fucked up. I think this movie might have been where I figured that out. That's fucked up. 
I I grew up always knowing Santa Claus wasn't real, so like I was kind of spared that that shit. But fucking the fact that most of these gremlin deaths happen at the movie theater where they're watching Snow White and the Seven Doors <laughs> and singing the fucking music. It's and the everything. cutest fucking thing ever. Oh, and speaking of singing gremlins, we left out the reason why Mrs. Deagle was even going down the chairlift in the first place. Oh, the fucking they, Christmas they, carolers. Yeah, they were fucking wassling outside her house. <laughs> and she, Reading out of the little music booklets and shit. <laughs> and they're wearing like little hats and earmuffs and stuff. And they're just... And she's going to throw water on him, and then she sees him, and she freaks out and goes running in the house, and one of them fucked with the chairlift, and she... Dude, and she would, <laughs> she would have fucked up if she'd have thrown the water on him. Like, she'd have been contributing to, to, yeah. to the massacre. Unknowingly. Yeah. Getting freaked out. Almost saved her life. So the, the, the final showdown happens when uh, Kate, Billy, and Gizmo blow up the theater. But Stripe had escaped to go to the candy store at the Montgomery Ward that was across the street to get all this, all these snacks and shit. Yeah. And it's funny because the theater blows up and he leans out the window and his just jaw literally drops with like Twizzlers in his mouth. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like halfway through the movie he goes out to like the concession stand and they've wiped the fucker out. Well, I guess so. It's like 150, 160 fucking gremlins <laughs> in this, this fucking theater and they've all grabbed like popcorn and right. fucking junior mints and soda and, and shit. And then you see the fact that he sees the sign and knows that it says candy. And he says it, right? Doesn't he say he's yum like, yum? He's like, ooh, yum yum. <laughs> and just fucking leaves. And he's just got this arm full of candy and mouthful. He's <laughs> yeah, and then it's fucked up too because it's a funny little um, final battle or whatever. Because Gizmo commandeers this Barbie uh, convertible car and just drives it around the store, dodging him and shit. Uh, Stripe lands like a, a bow and arrow shot into Billy's arm with an arrow, and he tries to use this water fountain in the gardening section to start respawning more because he fucking finds a pistol. Yeah, he starts shooting at him. And I want to say Gizmo, like, they start figuring out there's there's some light coming into the building, so they start pulling separate sections of it, and I think Gizmo is the one that finally jumps and grabs onto uh, a section of blinds and opens them. Yeah, because um, by that point in time, they see it kind of popping in through sections because they're in the garden center, I think. Yeah, yeah it's the skylight. He finds the yeah, skylight. and it's starting to, like, kind of peek out, and they're like, oh, shit. It's daytime. And then they're trying to like hide Gizmo so he doesn't fucking die. And oh my God, it's all goopy and melty. It is the most horrifyingly awesome looking sight ever. That that stripe effect where he's he's melting and I he's know. just so his eyes are white, completely yeah. white. He, he looks like a deadite. He looks like like a, a deadite oh, from the evil dead. A little bit, yeah. What always freaks me out is even its bones melt. Like, even his bones just... Bleh, 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 bleh. It kind of... Like, after, like, all the flesh melts off before, like, the skeleton, like, collapses and starts melting. Like, your old car when it had that um frog skeleton that was trapped in the one taillight. I forgot about... The, oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, for the longest time, it there was a frog like that. that... Yeah, there was this frog that got stuck in the front beam headlight of my Mazda. And 
one day I was walking to my car and I didn't re- I didn't know what the fuck was going on in there and it was just this fucking dried out melted frog skeleton in there uh-huh. and I was just like what the fuck it was perfectly intact and everything but it was just the grossest shit ever and that's what stripe looked like yeah that's what he looked like it was pretty fucking gross but uh yeah so the local news is like talking about it and uh Mr. Wing shows up at Randy uh Peltzer's house with Kate and Billy and everybody there and he kind of gives this dialogue like we were mentioning earlier about like you know us as us as a whole as like our western society is like very like uh careless with nature and its gifts and all this other shit and Gizmo gives Billy like a proper goodbye and says bye Billy and it's weirdly <laughs> fucking touching cuz you're just like eh. cuz it's like one of the few times you ever hear him say words and you're just like Oh, he loves him. Yeah, because even Mr. Wing, like, kind of notices it and then tells Billy that one day he he might be ready to, like, care for it. But until then, Gizmo will be waiting. And he just kind of, like, the, the movie ends with him walking off through the town of Kingston Falls with the um, the narrator saying, like, you know, shit about, like, oh, if something goes wrong or, like, your lights go out or, you know, something fucks up in your house, like checked under the bed and the closets and shit. There might be a gremlin in your house. We didn't even talk about like the best person character in the whole movie. Oh yeah. We're saving him for almost dead fucking last. I love that man. (laughs) Fucking Dick Miller, dude. Fucking Murray Futterman. He's been in so many fucking movies. He's literally worked with fucking Roger Corman, Joe Dante, Martin Scorsese, James Cameron. Like you name it. This man has been in fucking everything. Dude's a legend. I know. It always made me laugh at the beginning of the movie with him, and he's going on his little rant because Billy's got the beetle and he can't get it to start, and he's like, goddamn foreign cars. You see this snowplow international harvester? Never broke down on me because it's made in the USA. Yeah, and the gremlins (laughs) drive it right through his goddamn fucking house. That poor man, he just wanted to watch TV. He wanted to watch the Red Skeleton comedy hour on fucking TV, man. I don't even blame him. Like, I would have wanted to just sit back and watch some funny shit and then no. Oh, I better go out and check my antenna. Remember those things? Shit. Yeah, I do, unfucking-fortunately. Walks out and they're just hanging off of it and then he's getting ready to go get his ladder and get them off his roof and they're just like, Pah! Fuck your movies. Fuck your TV, bitch. And by the way, fuck your house. <laughs> they just drive right through it. Crash. And I know those gremlins were sitting there mocking him the whole time. See what happens when you get a house <laughs> built not made in America, motherfucker. It wouldn't have crumbled on you. These colors don't run. <laughs> what, green? Yeah, exactly. Of course, because green means go. Yeah, that's Gremlins from 1984. It's absolutely a holiday classic, whether you want to admit it or not. It's fucking great. Go check it out. Check out the even greater fucking sequel, the new batch that came out in 1991. It's so... I didn't... I keep forgetting I'm as old as that movie. Or 1990. I'm sorry. It came out in 1990. Okay, so it's a year older than me. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, after hearing both sides, it is definitely time to decide a winner. Now, you said earlier it was a cop-out to let the uh, listeners fucking pick. But 
I got to be honest, dude. I, I'm not going to be able to pick between the two mm-hmm. of them. One being, I literally fucking have option paralysis because I love these fucking movies. Yeah. And they're both Christmas watches for me every year. Well, absolutely. So I guess it's off to the uh, Twitter account at Bros underscore on Twitter. Go follow us. God damn it. <laughs> now, have you kept an eye out on this periodically? Yes. Okay. So there were a lot of times where like one was in the lead the other was in the lead but right now mm-hmm. with 36 votes there is a 61% to 39% advantage slash disadvantage to these movies and per our listeners that voted on this poll 61% lean towards Batman Returns that surprises me yes because I can't tell if people that left comments in this thread voted or not, but the ones that did left one said, I'm not a huge fan of the Burton's Batman movies and two of them left gremlin gifts. So, you know, there are gremlin supporters for this. Fuck. Yes. See, like to me, as far as Christmas as an entity, I feel like gremlins, is more Christmassy. It is. Um, See, Gremlins absolutely feels more Christmassy. Yeah. But also, uh, Batman wins again. Talking shit. Shut the fuck up and give us your opinion on the movie. Fucking make me. <laughs> I, I literally am right now. Fucking fight me. <laughs> Fucking cunt. <laughs> When did Tom Hardy get in the room? (laughs) (laughs) Fight me, you fucking cunt. (laughs) Bronson is such a good movie. We should talk about that one sometime. Oh, dude, I would love it. (laughs) Awesome. Fight me, you fucking cunt. (laughs) (laughs) He just rolled in full bane. I had to. We were talking like Batman. Fight me, you fucking cunt. Batman. Batman. Fight me, you fucking cunt. Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, so like, side note for anybody out there listening, if you ever want a good laugh, go fucking, uh, go YouTube the Joker Batman Dark Knight interrogation spoof. Oh, from uh, Funny or Die? No, I don't think it's Funny or Die. It's a completely different one, but it's fucking hilarious. Like, you just definitely fucking listen to it and watch it. It's, it's great. But any fucking wait. Batman Returns takes the win on this one, but. Goddamn, go watch Gremlins. Go watch Batman Returns. These these are both fantastic watches and definitely deserve to be part of your Christmas viewing every year. Like, we're the type of people in this house. Yeah, sure, we've watched the classics and shit, but I know for a fact, yeah. like, we're, we're some of those people where it's like, dude, it's not Christmas until you've fucking watched Alan Rickman fall off Nakatomi Plaza. It's not fucking Christmas unless you've watched Gremlins. Batman Returns, like literally any of these, like and most recently uh, for me and and Puck, uh, it's not Christmas without watching Dial Code Santa Claus, which that mm-hmm. is a fantastic goddamn movie from France that everybody should check out. It's not Christmas until you see Santa stab a dog. Yeah, yeah. Devin might not want to watch that one then. Yeah, I like yeah. dogs. Don't do that. Much. Spoiler alert, a dog dies. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Yeah. You were going to have me watch that bullshit. I was. It I was, was definitely still good though. It's it's def- it's Fuck worth a watch. You. It's Fuck worth you. a watch. Fuck you, little kid Rambo. He is little kid Rambo. Just fast forward through the dog stab. Okay. Happens with the pie server too. It's really fucked up. Yeah. Jesus. There is no Jesus. Jesus has nothing to do with that movie, sir. 
It's some fucking guy dressed up like Santa. It's a freak, okay? It's a freak. No, that's Corey Feldman. <laughs> Which that freak was in Gremlins. So, uh, yeah. So, episode 256 wraps up this week. God damn. Uh, thanks for fucking doing this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely man. no problem. I mean... You do this every week with me, but I mean, still, like, it's it's still fun. Oh, like, yeah. You know, like, goddamn. I feel like shit, but I'm not going to pass up a chance to talk about Batman. Yeah, no shit, right? And, like, you were going to be able to do Gremlins and me not want to talk about it. Right. Visit SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com for past, present, and future episodes. Check out all the other shows on the Odd Pods Media Network by visiting OddPodsMedia.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Buy some merchandise. Follow us on social media. You know, the whole fucking drill. Leave us a rating and review on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. And if we haven't mentioned this a ton of times already, follow us on Twitter at SuperMediaBros underscore. That's where you can find us mostly at on social media. If you want any kind of updates about the show, that is where to go. Puck, thanks for hanging out and doing this shit with us. Duh. We'll see you next year, I'm sure. Absolutely. This same, is this is a tradition now. Same bad time, same bad channel next year. <laughs> Are we going to blow up a movie theater full of gremlins? Probably. Yes. Uh, as we know, uh, Devin has been like the best Santa's little helper possible making Christmas happen for a lot of you sons of bitches out there. So like I'm big so ups tired. to this man. I know. Man, y'all give it up for this motherfucker, dude. Like this man working like, like we all work full time job, but this man work a full fucking time job. Like a shitload still making this fucking happen. 84 hours this week. Look at, and look at that. This man, this man Dude, coming over here it for us being fucking holiday hoes. Yeah. This yeah. man hanging out with us on Christmas. Like, cause I don't know if we mentioned this at the top of the show the, uh we do a Christmas day release every fucking year to cap off the Santa media bros uh, portion of the, the podcast. But in 2023, we will be back. There will be more fucking movies, more pro wrestling, and God damn it, we got to get some more music on this motherfucker. Definitely look at more short films. Really, like anything that we can get our goddamn hands on, we're gonna fucking do it. We what, still have a what, fucking, we still have a goddamn world record to beat somehow in this what, in this time. What wrestling show are we doing in January? The Royal Rumble, sir. Okay. okay. Yeah, because we're gonna jump into the the, the nineteen ninety three era of the WWE. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we'll be, we'll be definitely doing like all that shit because, uh, yeah, it's what we do and a whole lot more. We hope everybody out there has had a great Christmas, a great Hanukkah, a great fucking Kwanzaa, whatever the fuck you celebrate out there. We hope it was awesome. Happy Haunted Days. <laughs> you know, we'd be celebrating Toyota Thon up in this bitch. Mary Chrysler. Okay, that's better. Mary Chrysler. Mary Chrysler. Mary Chrysler. All right, guys, let's uh, let's let's bounce out this motherfucker. Thank you all again for hanging out with us. This has been episode 256. God damn, it's been a lot of fucking episodes. So and uh, until next time, I'm Richie. I'm Devin. And I'm Puck. I'll be here next year. That's right, you will. Shades on. We're off. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.